Passionate, driven, enthusiastic, euphoric. This is who we are as entrepreneurs. But how we leverage these incredible attributes to dream and build businesses that scale and grow is what this podcast is all about. Hello, I'm attorneypreneur Josh Brown, and welcome to Franchise Euphoria. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. Thrilled today to have Jason True on the show. Jason is a top business and executive coach and sales trainer. He's a leading expert on human behavior, daring leadership, and relationship building. At the heart of his strategy is the understanding that people and your relationships are your true wealth. Everything we accomplish, he says, in life is with or through other people. He works with experts, entrepreneurs, and executives to help them get unstuck and stand out out by building key skill sets, creating their vision and purpose, and building key relationships that impact the bottom line. He also has a best-selling book called Social Wealth, which is a how-to guide on building personal and professional relationships that has sold more than 35,000 copies and has been number one in four business and self-help categories. He is also an attorney by trade and received a master's in communications from Syracuse University. Hello, Jason. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on and speaking to your fantastic tribe. Well, hey, I appreciate that. We're gonna um, uh, we're um, we're gonna learn about each other today. I don't know you at yeah. all, uh, so I'm excited to to learn what you're doing. I think today uh, we're we're gonna focus on um, unlocking uh, and and reaching success through relationships. I think a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of franchise operators, obviously need to utilize. Uh, relationships to maximize their success. And it sounds like that's an area of expertise. Yes, that is definitely something people need to do a better job in their life on is relationships, period. Well, absolutely. Before we dive right into that, tell us a little bit uh, more in terms of how you got into the coaching. It sounds like you went to law school uh, and then at some point in time decided to uh, uh, to to move on to coaching and executive coaching. And, and tell us a little bit about that transition. Sure. So, uh, well, I went to law school. I got my master's in communications. And during my second year, I was interviewing for positions in New York City. And, you know, you're asking typical questions. In the end of the interview, you want to ask sort of a softball question. And I asked the wrong softball question when I was interviewing. And that's, are you happy? And, you know, that was not good because (laughs) it was the question that when I asked it, it was the longest pause to answer from the other people. And that was 30 of them in total. And every single person had the same response, which was, to me, my interpretation is I don't believe that you're happy. So do I really want to go down a path and a career path in which I don't find anyone that's happy? When you go for 30, it's kind of a telltale sign. So I decided <laughs> that I love technology much more. And I went to San Francisco, or LA briefly, and then San Francisco, and then was there during the gold rush and it was a lot of fun. I got to work with Steve Jobs. I got to work with Mark Cuban when he got acquired from his company Broadcast.com. And, you know, Mark Hurd at HP. And I got to work with a bunch of, you know, great people. Learned a lot about, you know, communication, marketing, branding, strategy, and just, you know, overall running a business. So it was really fantastic. And then, you know, I decided to move to Dallas to be closer to my mom, which I hadn't been the same city since I left from college and, you know, just started here. And 
I started this business really as a side hustle and it was actually helping other people. So what happened was I had a couple of friends of mine who wanted, who had friends who were moving to other big cities. And what happened was that these people were really nervous about it. They're two guys and they were like 30 years old, they believe at the time. And, you know, they were introverted and have to start a whole new life, career, everything. And I just helped them. And I realized that like, about three months for both of them, they had substantially better lives. And so I said, well, there's maybe something I actually have here and just light popped in my head. Maybe there's a business here. So I approached someone who had a lifestyle coaching business with the idea of doing a book and just some really focused things around how to build a great social life in 30 days or less. So I just try to pick the smallest thing I could, you know, uh, to start on and focus on and it sort of took off and worked and it's just been iterating into the businesses now and I went off on my own and quit my job and here I am today. Well, that's fantastic. So when you drop names like Steve Jobs and Mark Cuban, of course, I've got to follow up on that. What'd you do with those guys? Well, Steve Jobs, when I was working, uh, we pitched him on, you know, running, uh, basically marketing and communications when he went back to Apple from Pixar. Um, and so that was pretty, it was pretty fun to be a part of that. It's crazy um, time and very, he's a very difficult person to work with. So um, that was really challenging, but you know, you learned a lot and it was, uh, it was nice to be at the beginning of something that was obviously pretty epic, meaning Apple, you know, cause Apple at that time was just a small little, teeny company that no one even cared about, right? They were just, and, and the thought was made, they were falling apart. They had only the education market and really a teaching market and a very small piece of that. So, you know, that's why he came back and got the opportunity. Well, that's interesting. That's fascinating. It sounds like you've had a, you've had a real interesting career um, so yeah. far. I'm really curious how in the limited time we have uh, today, I really want to dive in a little bit to this idea of how you un uh, how you unlock the success through relationships with the business, because I think that's that's obviously so important. Having having relationships with people uh, and building on those relationships is is key to anybody's success in business and life. And I'm kind of curious how you work with with entrepreneurs and business owners uh, from that vantage point. Right. So step one is really focusing on yourself meaning that typically the things that hold us back are our blind spots and we can't see them. And they are survival patterns that we have in our life that we've learned really under the age of 10 years old. And you need to identify what those patterns are and also some of the limiting beliefs that you have in your life. Um, like some people have limiting beliefs, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, people don't like me. Um, and also stories too. the stories about the external world around you that make that you make up, right? That I can't be social. You know, people don't want to help me, um, whatever those might be. And I think you've got to figure out that. And really, step one starts with the inside of you. Because if you go try to meet people and you try to act like someone who you aren't, you're going to come off as very inauthentic. And we've all met people where we felt like there's just something off with that person. Like they're just not, there's something that gives me a bad feeling. Well, that's what happens because 90 some per percent of communications is nonverbal. So you have to start there, right? So that's, that's step one. I would say step two with people on there is I try to help them fundamentally understand like what, what do you need to do to build a relationship, right? Like what are the blueprint, right? And the, and the things that are the key is understanding how to build a rapport, likability, and trust. Because if you do that successfully in the first interaction with someone and you really only have five to ten minutes to do that at most, 
you will create enough intrigue that they'll want to follow up with you. And once you do that, you're off to the races. And I think when it comes to rapport, you know, there's things that you can do on the nonverbal side. And people may have heard of neuro-linguistic processing, NLP. That's what Tony Robbins is really famous for. And I think some of that stuff works well. It's a little bit more difficult because you have to really try to work on that or process. But the other part of it is using the words to build rapport with people and find common ground which I think that you can do pretty easily. And what I like to do with people, um, and I teach them pretty easy set structure that uh, uh, works every time, which is you just, if you go somewhere and you meet someone, you can ask them a throwaway question, like what brought you to this event? You know, how's your weekend? You have fun plans for the week, whatever it is. And then I like to ask people, you know, so what are you passionate about in your life right now? Like what products are you working on that you're passionate about? Or, you know, what, what, what gets you excited or motivated in your life right now? Because that question, no one's asked anyone else. I've talked to thousands of people and almost no one has ever asked them that question. And the only people that really ever have are people that are super close to them in their life, right? So the other part of it is if someone asks you what you do for a living, it's an automatic response. You don't have to think about it. In fact, you can probably be thinking about what you're eating for dinner that night along with giving that response. But if I ask you that question I just did, it's very difficult when you ask them what are they passionate about. You have to be present and you have to focus, right? Because it's not a question you've been asked before. And so when you do that, it forces you to think. The other thing is it creates an emotional connection, right? Because it's coming from your heart. It's coming from something that you actually love, right? Most people don't like what they do for a living to begin with. So asking that question doesn't create any connection. So when you do that, then you can ask them follow-up questions. And a lot of the times, too, you can ask someone, so do you need help with that? Are there any challenges you're having with that? So that also gives you an opportunity to lead with giving in the process. And that's a critical part of the trust part because if you – you know, think about it. The people in your life that you don't keep scorecards with, right, that you would give unconditionally to are your best friends, a partner or spouse, maybe a business partner, people that are very close, like they're in your inner circle. When you lead with giving in the first interaction, you show someone that you get the whole process. And psychologically, people put you in their inner circle, even at an acquaintance level. And that really makes a significant difference on building it, right? And then if you do the other part of it was just be an active listener, right? Just be present. Just don't think about anything else and look, you know, give the person really good eye contact. That's the number one way you build likability, right? So it's a pretty simple process that people do the top line things to start really building that first relationship with someone, right? And getting that intrigue where people are going to want to follow up with you. So what if, you know, I'm really interested in that because I know, you know, a lot of people, uh, it might be natural for them to build those relationships, you know, and as a business owner, it might be natural for them to go and, and sort of serve in the role as, um, as marketer and salesperson and, and, and relationship builder, but for a whole lot of very successful business owners, that's really not innate to them. So how, how do you build a relationship that's authentic and good and, and true that that's going to add value both ways with somebody who's, who's really, I guess it would be more strategic. Um, and who's, re- who's really not just naturally, uh, gifted with the ability to, to, to meet people and get to know people. Well, here's the great thing. Two things. One, everyone has social anxiety. So I don't care if you're dealing with an extrovert, you put them in an environment where they're not comfortable in, which is a lot of them, they're still going to have a lot of anxiety. So 
That's the first thing. Second of all, social communication and emotional skill sets are learned behavior. Sure, if you grow up in a family that's much more social, that definitely helps. But it doesn't help you when you get to college and beyond because then you're in new scenarios and settings and you don't have that backdrop. What's helped them is the repetition, right? So you have to practice these things and you have to find places to practice and get better, right? It's just like going to the gym. If you go to the gym twice a month, you're not going to get in shape. You have to go several times every single week. So I tell people how where you practice, which is the easiest places to practice and are the best people, meaning the social influencers, wealthy people, and people that are just changing the world around us, which are the best business contacts to get as well, is going to charity events and going to nonprofits because they have the highest caliber of people. And and people there lead with giving, right? So that's the key thing. And when you lead with giving, anything is possible. So those events really attract people. And people who are going to those events want to help people. And that means they'll be much more social. And if you go to an event like that and you're saying to yourself, well, that sounds great, but I'm still nervous and I don't know anyone and what am I going to do? Then I tell people, go call the organizers, volunteer to work the check-in table for the first shift, right? Because you can get in, you can see the room, you can meet some of the people who run the organization. Everyone's coming in to check in to that check-in table. So you have a reason to talk to them because you're checking them in and they have to come to you. Well, that helps you, especially if you're an introvert, because you get to warm up, you can say whatever you want to them. Um, And if you work the first check-in, then you're meeting all the new people that are there. And when you get off of your shift, you can walk around the room and you'll see many of the same people the second time around, which will help you because it'll breed familiarity. And you can also tell people that you don't, you haven't met, well, thanks for coming to the event tonight. I appreciate you coming out. And they will assume you're a part of the organization. And for that night, you actually are, regardless if you're just volunteering one time. So those things really help. And if you follow up kind of the conversation structure I told you with the people that are there, um, it'll really help you. And the great thing about events with these organizations is they're either happy hours or really small events, and they have many of them like during the week. And so they're only one or two hours of commitments. It's not a big time commitment for you to get better. And you can meet really, you know, I told anywhere between like five to 20 people in a night, which is pretty significant, right? And then you just exchange contact information, right? And if you ask people what their challenges are, it's an easy way to follow up with them saying, hey, let me follow up with you. And, you know, let me look into that. Even if you don't have an answer. And if you don't have an answer and follow up with them, you can always just tell them, hey, I tried and I, you know, I couldn't find an answer. But the great thing is if you lead with giving, you then can put an ask out, meaning you can ask someone for some help, contacts, or something else like this. And people often will reciprocate. That's interesting. I'm, I'm really involved with a, uh, a national nonprofit. And, um, you know, I've always felt like the people that work at, at the nonprofit are just incredible folks, just like you said. I mean, really, really giving um, genuine people. Uh, who are there to help others out, and and it sounds like obviously that that's that's a winning formula in business too. If you're there to help somebody out, and they're going to reciprocate most of the time. Yeah, and that's and that's key. And I think that's you know um, that you got to put yourself in those types of environments, right? The other thing is nonprofits, museums, symphony, other cultural organizations are really fantastic, right? Because those again are where social influencers and wealthy people go, which is what someone who has a business wants to go meet because, you know, those are, and the great thing is 
you can meet potential best friends. I mean, travel partners, running, whatever it is in these situations too, right? So whenever you find someone, you don't know whether they're going to be someone who can, who be beneficial in your life socially or professionally. But the great thing is there's so many ways they can fit in. So you just need to meet more people. And the problem most people have is they don't understand that building relationships is a numbers game. It's just like in sales. If you don't get in front of enough prospects, I mean, you only can close so many of them. Even if you close 100%, if you only get in front of five prospects, you're only going to have five customers, right? Sure. Well, t- tell me this. What What is, since you're, you work with a lot of executives, in, in your experience, what's the biggest hurdle you find that, that, ex- that executives have to get over? I mean, what, what's, what's the thing that they routinely come to you about um, to get assistance with in terms of whether it's mental blocks, stumbling blocks, things they want to get their head around? I think that'd be instructive for, for the audience because many of the audience are, are, includes uh, folks like this. Yeah, I think a lot of it's a blind spots, right? They can't see the problems that are holding them back. And usually these things have to go with social communication and emotional skill sets, right? They're not really getting emotionally involved with other people. They really don't feel their own feelings and they can't be empathizing with other people. Um, they don't know how to communicate well and engage with people, right? Maybe the executives sit in their office and they don't walk around the company and actually say hi to people, which happens often, right? They may be poor at conflict resolution because they don't know how to be authentic, vulnerable, and speak their truth in conversations, right? And so I think those things really cause the biggest problems. And I'll say the other thing I'm finding a lot too is that most executives don't understand that your frontline leaders, and I don't care whether you're a director, a vice president, a manager, a CEO, a C-level person, your frontline people's personal lives are your concern. Because if someone's having going through a divorce, they're going through troubled times, they're having problems with their kids, I don't care what it is, that's going to affect their work product and their success. So you have to be personally invested in those people and you have to be willing to help them. And I would say for organizations, you have to have resources to help those people because if not, what will happen is you'll have huge problems in organizations because you'll have frontline leaders who'll be having personal problems and everyone underneath them then gets affected, right? One, because they don't have the best person working as their manager or leader because they're having conflict. Second of all, if they have personal problems, I mean, how can you go to someone else who you know is going through the same thing, right? You just don't. So that causes organizations a lot of problems. And I'm finding it's one thing that people are not really addressing as much. And that's, you know, again, I'd say that's, those are probably some of the biggest things that happen that I see. Um, and I'd say the last thing really is people's ego, Right. And I think that's really causes them because I was told clients of mine, you have a choice. You can either be happy or you can be right, but you can't not, you cannot be both. So pick, (laughs) pick one, right? And too many people want to be right. And that causes them not to be happy and causes a lot of problems in their business career. And it really holds them back from getting to the next level. So now do you do individual coaching or group coaching or both? Both, right? And I do some, I do sales training too. Um, because what I find a lot of salespeople, the same thing, right? It's not the, it's not the sales training that's necessarily poor. Sometimes it is, but a lot of the times the problem is it's their stumbling blocks inside of themselves, right? It's the things that are holding them back. It's the limiting beliefs about themselves that really prevent them from going all in. And that, and that's, I find that to happen with most people. 
Um, and that, and, and what ha- those things happen, it, you can get as much training as you want on a specific skill. You won't really ever get that much better at it because the inside of your head, it'll keep saying to yourself, like in a sales thing, if you don't do well, the little voice pops up and said, see, I told you couldn't do that. See, I told you weren't good enough. It's the same principle around New Year's resolutions and going to the gym. There's, there's a reason why people fail all the time and most don't keep to it. And it's because of that, right? It's because that little voice that pops up when you hit any negativity or resistance in your life. And then you go back to the old behavior because you, you don't believe that you can go beyond that. Because, but the reason is, is there are so many things below the surface that are holding you back that you can't see and you don't have the skill sets and understanding how to get through those. So how do you discern who you work with? I mean, do you, do you take them through a sort of a questionnaire or a process to figure out if they're going to be a good fit for you? Well, you know, most people come to me and they're stuck and, and really it's about willingness, right? So if they're willing to take the necessary steps, then I can help them. The key thing is what is their effort and commitment level and willingness? Because anyone can really do anything if that's there. It's just, you've got to do that. I think the other people, you know, I've had some people come to me, it's not that often, but sometimes want to have trip tips and tricks and, you know, they want to sort of game the system and like kind of like growth hacks. And it's like, this isn't a growth hack, right? You, you have to actually be committed to this process. And I think if you are, you can, you, everyone can learn all the stuff and do exceptionally well in it um, and really get results pretty quickly, right? Some of the things take longer because again, people have been doing them, you know, millions, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of repetitions in their life. And you can't undo those right away, but you can go pretty quickly. Well, that's fascinating. I really appreciate you coming on. We're both kind of up against the clock a little bit, I think with, uh, with meetings this, <laughs> this afternoon, I do want, yep. I do want you to have a chance to, to tell people where they can get your book, uh, which has done very, very well. And then, um, anything else uh, that you want to finish off with or where people can contact you? Sure. So you can go to my website, beextraordinary.tv. That's beextraordinary.tv, all one word. And you can find about my book, Social Wealth. There's a link to go to Amazon on there. I've got a lot of free white papers on how to get unstuck, um, free networking and relationship building guides, personal branding guides, and a bunch of other things you can just download and get for free. You know, there's blogs and I have a lot of videos um, and then links to all my social media channels um, are on the front page of the website as well. So you can get all that and more. Well, that's and great. coaching information, too. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on and sharing that. I think that I, I, I'm a big believer in coaching. I'm a big believer in executive coaching for for owners and soon to be owners. And, of course, got a lot of listeners that are that are right in that category. So I would yes. encourage them to reach out to you to check out your stuff. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Hopefully this was helpful for you today. If you are in the market for a franchise, I would highly encourage you to check out my free ebook, which is what to know before you buy a franchise. You can head over to my website at Indy, that's I-N-D-Y franchiselaw.com and download it there for free. And um, let me know what you think. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you're enjoying the value that you're getting from this podcast, I'd also invite you to Go to iTunes and uh, provide me with a rating and review. It always helps uh, for visibility on the podcast. So thank you so much for your support and uh, hope this episode was helpful to you.
Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.